Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello! And welcome to Get the Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dudley boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, AW Dynamite, NXT pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course on wrestle culture as i said though joined by michael sidgwick and sir we are gathered here oh no we are socially distanced for now to talk about aew blood and guts it is what a week and a half away Uh, more developments of course on dynamite this week and uh, the revelation coming out that this is going to be a one match show Uh, michael sidgwick your initial reaction to that news um, I was kind of mystified. Mm. Um, I'm sorry, Wilbur, I'm probably going to walk over your format here by answering the second question in addition to the first. But I was mystified, but I wasn't worried. I was not worried. Yeah. AW does have form in... This is like a glorified pay-per-view on television. Um, be under no illusion that it isn't. And if you try and preview it as like a pseudo pay-per-view. AW does have form in certain pay-per-view matches going long unnecessarily historically, but we're talking like three minutes um, in the case of some of the Flavia undercard fair at All Out and um, All Out 2020 and Revolution 2021, for example. But more often than not, they make best use of that time they can lay out the matches perfectly to maximize what it is to be a long match. And I just think if you look at all of the different threads, the traditional war games match in itself, which they are going to do very faithfully by all accounts. Mm -hmm. um, This is a match that has to go very long. It's not going two hours, but we will get to that. Yeah, exactly. Just to clarify here, the the update that we got from uh, Meltzer on wrestling reserve radio said, basically it's going to be sort of, a few pre-taped segments. And then, yeah, like you say, that the five on five match people being added after a certain time period. So it is, it, you know, even if you want to do it as quickly as possible, there's a minimum time for this anyway. You've got to factor in ad breaks and stuff like that too. So it's not going to be like you say, two hours of war games. Um, but yeah, 
to talk talk next are you 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 said there you you know we're not too concerned but could this be a bit of a mistake like you say with the with the reputation that AEW has to on occasion being I don't know, indulgent is might be the nicest way of putting it no no I get what you're saying as well like there's just I don't know if they're just trying to meet an expectation that's been set um the currency of critical acclaim in modern pro wrestling means like loads and loads and loads, which is why I think Ghetto continues over in New Japan to just impose these goddamn 35, 40 minute main events that for me personally, they've gone the way of NXT. You couldn't get a Cedric podcast without burying NXT. I'm sorry. It's just in my nature <laughs> at this point. Uh, NXT's kind of swallowed itself whole with these 35, 40 minute matches, but the exact same thing is happening in New Japan where I understand why people still love them. They are still, at least in New Japan, like at their best, phenomenal, these 35-minute, 30 to 40-minute absolute epics. But I've just seen them so often and there's just nothing really new under the sun. You've got a real sense when you watch those main events of like when certain things are going to happen, when the pace is going to increase, when they're going to bring it back down again when it's going to erupt in this crescendo, what the, the kind of action you're going to get to get in said crescendo with like the reversals and stuff. But the reason why they do that and why NXT does that and to a lesser extent AEW does that is because critical acclaim matters most. We are living in an era where there's a man main eventing with a world title on TNT calling himself the seven-star athlete <laughs> because the currency that comes with being a critically acclaimed pro wrestler in an industry driven through it, all in the elite. It's all based on just how adored they were by hardcore fans. And the big test for AEW was with, if that could sort of realize itself in like genuine cable viewership. So you're going to get a long match, but here's the thing. MJF and Sammy Guevara in the heat of all of this battle with bodies lying everywhere, having absorbed enough sustained damage to justify Guevara and MGF. They could have like a four-minute match within a match. Mm-hmm. Realistically, that's just off the top of my head. But what I'm getting at is that MGF and Guevara, there's a layer there. MGF and Chris Jericho, there's a layer there. Wardlow and Hager, that's a long history there. There's FTR and Santana and Ortiz, who I expect to be the total workhorses of this match, just threading everything together. Um, I expect Sammy Guevara to be the very first man in the ring and for it to be an incredible career breakthrough performance for him because a lot of criticism got levied at AEW for um, how little screen time he's enjoyed considering he's one of the breakthrough acts. He had the first match on Revolution, um, on AEW Dynamite at Double or Nothing. He's such a key part. did loads of tag team main events um, before and after full gear um, as part of the inner circle. I think they've kind of said, right, okay, well, don't have to do anything with him this week because I think Blood and Guts, he's going to be in there for like an hour and 10 or something close to it. I generally think they are... Basically, what I'm getting at here in a scattered, mockish way is that I've just reeled off five different confrontations you're going to see in this match. There are five interesting confrontations. This is all not including various high spots and stunts. These are just character interactions. Like there's more than enough story to justify the length of this goddamn match. And here's the thing. It's not going to go right. Okay. Welcome to dynamite. And uh, we go down at the dapper yapper 
Justin Roberts saying uh, it's going to be an hour and 40 minutes of a match. Like they are going to do loads <laughs> of pomp and ceremony. But before we get to what they're actually going to do with the time, you asked me if it's going to be a mistake. Mm-hmm. In some ways, right, I thought all along, and I realized that just from a logistical point of view, it might not be possible to do this. But I thought the whole point was, because I would buy Blood and Guts on pay-per-view. I genuinely would. Oh, yeah. I thought the whole point of doing it on TV from a strategic point of view was to do the biggest show possible on TV or one of the biggest shows possible on TV. It feels even bigger than Winter is Coming, or at least as big, just because of the law surrounding this match and how much AEW loves Jim Crockett all across the management and the some of the roster of which they're going to be in this match. I thought the whole point was, right, we're going to give you an absolutely epic, big-time, bloody, spectacular, iconic main event, right? While you're here... Look what we've got underneath. That's what you know. You can't do blood and guts every week, but here's a taste of what you're going to get. I just can't really see the wisdom, and I'm, I will be proven wrong because I've doubted this company too many times, even myself. But I can't yet see the wisdom in not putting at least one trios banger, at least one sort of sample of like the in-house style. And it's mm. probably accurate to say that, that what they do in the trios matches at this point, because there's been so bloody many great ones in 2021 qualifies as the in-house style. This is not just me saying I'm a Phoenix Mark and I want to see him dance around double sets of ropes because it'll be absolutely stunning. Like a lot of people will have this opinion. And the idea is that if a lot of people watching it have this opinion, and this is acting essentially as an advert for dynamite, why wouldn't you put Phoenix on the show? Yeah. Just as an example it's like, right, okay, you're not going to get blood and guts every week, but stick around because you're going to get this. I just don't see the wisdom in that. Um, so that's a, just a bit strange for me. I thought this was going to be like an advert, but in fact, it's all about the match. Mm. All about the match. And we'll see, it's it's not how I would have done it personally, but I'm not getting paid $174 million over however many years to do this, so. Yeah, it, it, honestly, it wouldn't, it wouldn't really put my nose that much out of joint if the first hour of Dynamite was just video packages highlighting what's to come, like you say, with all the, the history of, of war games and Jim Crockett, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a thing that flashes up that just so, says on screen, call your friends. They need to know that it's happening, that sort of thing. Sort of in relation to that, before we get on to, to what may happen uh, with next week's parlay and with the match itself in in, uh, in a week and a half's time. But very quickly, your reaction. It's not very often you and I are happy to be wrong, but your reaction to the uh, to the rating that, that Dynamite got this week, we anticipated a drop. I think we were far more concerned, or not even concerned, we were overestimating the drop. You know, 1.2 last week with all the excuses of, oh, well, it's the first week unopposed and NXT fans maybe just tuned in and or just forgot, to, forgot that NXT had moved nights and Mike Tyson and what have you. It was a 1.1, 0.37 in the demo. Pleasant surprise, I, I thought that uh, earlier on this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really, I mean, I'm on record in audio form saying I think it's going to drop a 9.50. It absolutely didn't do that at all. And it, not only did it not do that, but John Moxley didn't wrestle. Chris Jericho didn't wrestle. Kenny Omega didn't wrestle. The Young Bucks didn't wrestle. Um, a lot of their key guys. I mean, Darby Allen is a key guy at this point, and he did wrestle in the main event, no less, for the title. But... They went out then, they didn't spaff things against the wall because they don't. I'm just really glad that that's the philosophy of the show because if you spaffed everything against the wall, something like Blood and Guts wouldn't have the same heft as mm. it's got because it would have done something like that already. Um, they stayed true to what they do. 
they booked a show light on established drawing power and they still drew a hell of an impressive number. And I seriously think it's a good omen for the future of the show unopposed because I can't quite recall the second week drop from the actual premiere. I vividly remember, I haven't been proven wrong, um, I probably should have researched this, but I vividly remember thinking it was steeper than this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll have this. I'll have a Google watch. It'll be October 9, 2019, because the launch, the debut was October 2. But I'm, if I'm right in thinking it was steeper, then this is really good news because this, in effect, was a second premiere. This was a premiere for the people who watched NXT um, and decided, hang on, am I going to watch this show now? Am I going to watch this show now? And there was a what? And overall, there was like a 100,000 drop-off. What was it in the it was- last... It was, so yeah, this this one just gone. It was about hundred thousand, give or take. The second week of dynamite, basically four hundred thousand. Yeah. So there's your answer, really, in terms of like, oh, I'll dip my toes in and never come back. Compared to a hundred thousand, which is yeah, more than acceptable and intriguing to see. You know, I, we're gonna I'm gonna get carried away in a week's time and say. Oh, do you think Dynamite's going to hit a two or something like that? It calm that down a little bit. But yeah, if they're only dropping, you know, 100,000 for a show that, you know, this card was stacked, but like I say, didn't have the established, you know, the names we would associate with drawing an audience. So intrigued. I mean, like, they're going to go all out on, on this. And like you say, Chris Jericho and the, 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 you know, they can't use war games, but, you know, the, the knowledge of war games that people have, I, I'm, I, I, mean, I have no idea what to expect in a week and a bit's time. No, but uh, no, it's going to be a I think Dave Malta pointed out. It's Cinco de Mayo. Mm, yeah. So it's a big party day for the Yanks, which might impact things. Um, they've always struggled at Thanksgiving and Halloween. I think they struggle, but they didn't really put on major cards, possibly in anticipation of a struggle. And this is a completely different strategic um, approach. So we'll see. We'll see. I, th- I expect this to draw an absolute monster of a number of those blood and guts. I really do. Uh, before we get into you booking the match uh, itself, parlay next week, pinnacle uh, in a circle. How do you see that one sort of playing out? In a brawl. <laughs> in a brawl. And it's going to be a great one. It's the one. It's just, it's one of those things where knob heads go, oh, predictable, not a fight. Not a fight because they want you to want to see more of a fight. That's, I wish they could go back to the Attitude Era, which never ended on a go-home show with a fight, saying, well, how is this going to play out on Sunday? So, and, uh, and it's, just, uh, it's just how they do it, realistically. Um, they've got such stunning form in brawls. It's an art of the brawl. And it would be nice if they could um, kind of rediscover that. It's going to be hard, given the way they're blocking this. Like, everyone's going to be in the ring, so it's going to be like a hailstorm of fists sort of thing. Um, but maybe they'll do something more creative, and they often do. They often do something more creative. But if I'm MGF and or Chris Jericho, like I possibly would try and do the veneer of like going to parlay, save like a nice little meta knowing sort of recognition of the fact that let's not have a fight yet. Like we are professional wrestlers, we know this business. We know where the money isn't in having the fight now. Something like that to excuse why there's something approaching an, an invisible wall. Mm-hmm. I'd like some kind of explanation as to why they're not just having, immediately having a fight when they've just been killing each other for the last however many weeks. I'd like 
either MJF or Chris Jericho to say something like, look, we're professionals. We've got fight to promote. We know the money is in keeping that fight. And obviously, you got to fight in NFL. I'm an idiot. I don't know how else they could sell this fight because I'm already completely on the hook. MGF has cut two of the best promos of the 21st century on television. And the, that might, if you look at WWE with the 20 years, they've monopolized it. It's probably not high praise, but it is intended to be. Like his promo game's been absolutely brilliant. Chris Jericho's has been uneven. And if they've latched onto that when he did an amazing promo, if he did a very uneven one last week, what could MGF do? That's the glory of the MGF character. Um, is that you will go to those places and you will win. Like, genuinely, this phrase has been bastardized, right? But can he say that? Mm. There is an element of that to MGF because I always find it fascinating, right? Just the dichotomy between what is said on screen to what they like text each other saying, can I say this about you? And it's like, can I say this one thing you're probably really insecure about? And like, how do you, I just, I get um, really fascinated by how those conversations must actually unfold in real life. But what I'm getting at is that MJF is the guy who has to uphold his character. Mm. You would think less of him if he wasn't the worst person alive, if that makes any sense whatsoever. So he's going to have to bury this nursery rhyme. Like he's going to have oh, to yeah. say your childish dipshit. you embarrassment, all this kind of stuff. And Chris Jericho with the idea being that ah, Maxwell, I'm not going to want the rating next week. I'm the demo god, you're the reigns ruler. We both know what this is about. So just to have the MGF use the ammo of last week's, I don't want to say it was a disaster, but it wasn't particularly good. Mm-hmm. If MGF can use that against Jericho, Chris Jericho will finally crumble. And then someone like Santana just says, yes, I'm not part of your peacock battle here. I just want to leather you in the face. That's how they can create the brawl scenario that is inevitable. Loved seeing all the excitement around Santana after that promo this week. And I anticipate a bare minimum of Jeff saying something about like, well, you know, next Wednesday, blood is going to be spilled. And Chris, you've got more than enough guts to go around for everyone. (laughs) (coughs) Oh, fantastic. That's fantastic, Pat. Have that one for free, Max. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Moving on then, looking forward to actual AW Blood and Guts. I mean, you're not going to have to book it uh, piece by piece unless you want to ha, ha, what needs to happen for you I think you know we all know the end result that I think both well everyone will probably agree on in terms of who is victorious but you talked about the interactions that you want to see uh, what what else do you want to see at Blood and Guts I want I'll just reiterate again Sammy Guevara hasn't really resonated as a baby face in the same way he got over as a heel. Like it's kind of, again, that's a byproduct of, yeah, it's easy enough to keep track because we're not idiots of what's happening in these sort of loaded um, dynamites of 2021. But at the same time, like not enough's getting over. Sammy Guevara, it was more over as a heel then than he is as a baby face now. And part of the problem is that he doesn't have the TV time to get over as much as he did then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a guy, and I used, I used to say it in articles, he used to maximise his seconds, much less minutes, that JR used to like encourage everyone to do. And the fact that he doesn't really have time to do that anymore is a bit of an indictment of how bloated these shows are. But as I said, I think a lot of this is in service of him entering the babyface breakthrough performance of his career. If you look at the various players involved in this, like Wardlow and Hager, they're not going in first. <laughs> then I go, the idea, and it's going to be awesome when Jake Hager gets a goddamn pop, by the way, because honestly, I think as a henchman, as someone who can really unleash like a low key boy popper, like he probably deserves like a bit more of a part in the goddamn back. He's provided me personally a lot of entertainment value. He's got yeah. a rep here as this boring guy who wasn't Kurt Angle and he's never looked like he's developed his game since WWE, but he plays a part and he plays that part really well. He's not starting the match. They're clever enough not to start them in the match. Guevara and one of FTR start. Yeah. They are not idiots in AEW, unlike whoever booked the women's war games match last year. <laughs> he are going to get the advantage, right? And if they're going full traditional, and it looks like they are, because unless there's a uh, last, unless there's like a last, I don't want to say last minute edition, because that sounds like it's booked on the fly when it absolutely isn't, but they tend to delay the announcement of the sixth match nowadays is one last. Oh, you get this as well. So just make sure you want to watch it in addition to everything else. Unless they do some kind of fight for the advantage, which they did before the last Blood and Guts was cancelled, they'll do a coin toss. Basically, I'll put Guevara and Dax in there first, or mm-hmm. Cash. So I'd like to see Cash do more single stuff, just incidentally, in the same way that Dax does, because he's just equally awesome. Guevara, Cash, Dax comes in. And then you get one of Santana and Ortiz. What you want to do is go through your younger workhorses to carry that early load. And then you get interchangeable, either the star power of MGF and Chris Jericho, or I think I'd put them in first. Not first, but like at the midway point. Mm-hmm. And then I would have your one-two punch of Hager and Wardlow coming in at the end. Like when all the bodies are down, and then you've just got Hager coming out to confront Wardlow, who's the last one standing up. Like, here's the thing about this match. It's bringing it back to the earlier point. I, being a nerd, have just laid out this match in terms of 
the format, the entry that everybody else, um, that everybody enters the ring. Like, there's loads of other ideas. There's loads of other ways they could do this. Not the fucking heels going in first without the advantage, but there's loads of other ways they can do this. They'll have their own ideas of which interactions they want to happen when. Like, there is so much meat on the story. Like, there is, like, that's personally what I want to see, but ultimately, don't get annoyed or anxious about the idea. One match show, they're not doing a two hours blood and gut match. They are going to put over the thing. They're going to do the the lowering of the cage. They're going to do their own version of the music. They're going to, I think, create some kind of sporting vibe where you get pre-match interviews from both camps. You might even get some live interviews with talking heads. Yeah. Like really selling it UFC style or MMA style is this thing that like wisened minds of the wrestling business like um, on Anderson might even have a say like mm-hmm. to bring it back to the like a nice tribute to the old war games of like what you can expect and, and on Anderson's words carry such weight and gravity that if you hear from him um, on the show itself it'll just build and build the anticipation while you're still like waiting for it there's a million things they can do with this two hour show and that's kind of what I want to see I want to see a sport and vibe I want to see the breakthrough babyface performance of um, Sammy Guevara's career. I want to see Dax and Cash be the engines, just the engines buzzing around those two rings in an awesome performance. The Chris Jericho MGF confrontation when it actually happens, because they had the chess match at full gear, but this is going to be the fight, and that's going to be awesome. If you think of how many months have informed that particular program, that's going to be great. You can get a horse fight on top of the Southern style tag, on top of the baby face performance, like it's going to be absolutely tits. And in answer to your question, Wilborn, I want to see all of what I've just said. A couple of questions for you. Number one, is there going to be a roof on this? Yes, cage? there is. Yeah, there is going to be a roof on this cage. And um, they are going full faithful, full faithful with it. Um, I think the idea is they're not just cosplaying because they want to do it because they're like JCP. Like they obviously are thinking of the story first. And I just think if you look at the players involved and how much actual stories packed into it. Like, I don't want to diss the NXT War Games just to make the comparison, but I kind of have to. And I'll put it over as well. What's tended to happen is that month of, well, it's just decent storylines happened. And then William Regal, War Games. In 2017, because they'd never done one, he didn't expect it, but then it kind of retrospectively made sense when they announced it. But it wasn't some, like, proper blood feud saga months in the making worthy of the blow off it was just jesus christ getting the war games match that's awesome i loved the first war games match by the way the second one was just a gang of baby faces against the undisputed era that was good the third one was wretched in terms of the build because they were like they were feuding with each other and they were having a feud with raw and smackdown at the same time but oh look tomaso champers still looking at the title like rubbish, absolutely rubbish. Um, and the Pat McAfee one was splendid. But what I'm saying is this has got so much more story behind it and like actual blood feud stuff. They've made each other bleed in the build. Like they've very much gone on the nose of blood and guts. They don't need, in my opinion, to remove that roof just to facilitate a high spot for the sake of doing it. Mm. It made for a great modern update. Like I loved the first one. I can't tell you how much I loved the first NXT War Games. But increasingly, the lack of a roof has just enabled tropes mm. more than high spots. They're the same thing, but it felt like a high spot in the first match. And increasingly, it feels like tropes is something to do. I don't think they want to get cute with it. As much as I'd love to see Sammy Guevara do a 450 off the top of a roof. <laughs> I think they are 
aiming not for high spots, but for tone. Mm. Tone and tradition and the idea being that if they do a lot of climbing, like there's no escape. They want to put over the idea that there is no escape and they want to visually convey that with the old school structure as well. Yeah, I suppose if you want to, you could maybe have people brawl on top, but it, I don't think it would be necessary in this match. The other question I was going to ask Can't is... Escape? Cannot escape. Uh, the, the question I was going to ask the is... Cage, Willborn. What can you... It's one thing you can't do in a cage. Yeah, exactly. I know. I mean, it's just... I don't know. It's just... That's the WWE side of my brain coming out again. Um, Go and watch WrestleMania 92 tonight. That's your homework. That's, oh, that's yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, but yeah, what would you... I'm not sure if it's... What would you rather see or what do you think we're going to see? Which is... It's both of these between rings. An F10 or a big rig between rings? Oh, well, the big rig is difficult. Yeah. I'll put a the code breaker. Oh, Christ, Jericho and FTR both have a version of the code breaker. Yeah. They're going to go one-two punch on that. Oh, this match is going to be incredible. This match is going to be absolutely incredible. I just realised that they're going to want each other doing that. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I hadn't thought about the F10 across the ring. That's, again, I've got my own version of how this is going to be in my head. You've got your own version of how this is going to be in your head. Everyone who likes AW will have this version of it in their own head. There's going to be more than enough time to do an hour plus match here. Absolutely. Um, but the one thing I think we, we both agree on is the conclusion. Uh, who wins? And I suppose how uh, who gets pinned and, and how does it play out for you? All submission, all surrender. No pinfalls. It's just the tap out or the surrender. Like proper old school. That's how it's going to be. Um, happily and not remotely by accident, a good wrestling company will encourage all its talents. Look, have a submission finisher and a, and a power finisher if you can. Um, happily, MGF has established his Fujiwara armbar, so that will add tension to the last minutes if, in fact, he secures the win. Chris Jericho's obviously got the walls. So the two key players in this match have an established weapon that can win a match Honestly, I honestly probably would have put MGF in a singles match somewhere over the past two months just to re-establish that Fujiwara armbar because, I mean, speaking honestly, it's not as iconic or as, like, you don't get that, oh, here come the walls bit when you do when he does the Fujiwara. So you really could have, again, too many people for that purpose. Like, if they had to put him on TV and really got over the Fujiwara, particularly since, I would probably do that in the go-home angle, actually. Yeah, that might work. That's what I would do because the thing about MGF is that I think it's great in the ring. You know, I think he should wrestle more. But at the same time, it's not just selfish. Oh, he should wrestle more. I'd rather see him than certain people who've been booked on Dynamite, shall we say. But at the same time, like his stuff needs to be remembered and it needs to... Like, wrestling fans are thick, man. <laughs> They're thick vermin, so they might not remember. So I would do the Fujiwara on the go-home. But what I'm getting at is I think one of those two moves will settle it. And... Perhaps one of the reasons, right, why it's getting quote unquote rushed is because if it was like at the end of a long saga, the way that AEW correctly, I might add, tells stories is because they just want to make people feel happy with their escapism of choice and their escapism of choice is AEW. So they give them these things called happy endings and this, this feeling that's. Uh, just been lost from for 20 years. It's called joy. It's called happiness. <laughs> if they'd done this months-long saga and MGF went over in the end and the pinnacle went over in the end, if it took months to reach a point of 
Ah, oh, it's a bit sad. This is not how pro wrestling is booked. And they've just formed the pinnacle. Maybe they've done it this early because they're clever. And they realize that I'll be a bit of a bummer after months of all this heat and heat and heat that the baby faces don't win. So I think they're doing it quickly. Again, they are not the dumbass wrestling company because the pinnacle are going over. Who can MJF tap out? If Guevara's in it, right, for the entire duration, we're talking a potential hour-long match, which I believe will be the longest in AEW history. In fact, it would be the longest, I think, is the Omega Moxley from Full Gear. If they go the full hour, Sammy Guevara selling, bleeding, right? Just completely drained of his tank in this electrifying, like, made moment. And Guevara makes him pass out in the end. And MGF makes him pass out in the end. It's like, and MGF, say, I beat him. And it's like, oh, you were, it didn't feel like a loss at all. That's how they're going to have to book this in my head. And MGF can say, I beat him. Quite easy, actually. <laughs> I did one move. And if they, maybe they could, I only was in there for five minutes, but really Guevara's been in there for the hour. That's how I would book this. Yeah. That's how I would book this. And down the line, because you've got, and this is why AW is so great. Because you haven't gone an hour with MJF and Guevara, you've done a match that lasted an hour that had MJF and Guevara in it. How much more would the fans of Sammy Guevara want him to see Guevara get his hands on MJF after MJF cruelly taunts him with his victory, which never feels like one because he's got an hour soaked in blood and just had to give up. And that's how you build a singles match that's been brimming between them two. That's even before you do the MJF versus Chris Jericho second singles. It's the best company. It's the best company. Yeah, you've sort of uh, partially answered my final question for you, which is what is next for the inner circle and the people following on from this. But yeah, I, th- I feel like you know it, it's a definitive point in the in the feud between the two factions, but certainly not an end, perhaps, to the interactions between the members in it. Yeah, I would say so. Certainly. I mean, I personally would really like to see an MJF Sammy Guevara match that gives them like a good amount of time to work singles on pay-per-view because I'm not going to mention the person we always mention, but there's someone who's been gobbling up that time on pay-per-view who needs to make way for the likes of an MJF and Guevara to do proper singles business. Um, but yeah, I know what happens with the pinnacle. They win. They go on to become a main event level concern. I just cannot determine in my head yet what they do with the inner uh, with the inner circle after this but we'll see they will have a goddamn plan mm. and it's going to be intriguing as well with with oh, after the blood and guts it's what two and a half three and a half weeks till till uh, double or nothing so it's a fast old turnaround but uh as you always say have faith trust the process this is the company that we like and have been given reason to trust as well but uh, I'm never with someone who wishes his life away. I already can't wait for a week and a bit's time for this. Absolutely buzzing. But we've still got the parlay to look forward to on Dynamite next week. Uh, and let us know your thoughts on Twitter ahead of Blood and Guts and the, and the lead-in for that. At What Culture WWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... Um, Sidgwick. 
You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, including, of course, our preview and review of Dynamite next week. But for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.